0: Warning, the following content has been deemed inappropriate for the radio. It may also be inappropriate for children, offices, or sensitive grandparents. Please put on your headphones or find a safe place to enjoy this Ask Me Another bonus round.
1: Hey everybody, it's Ophira. So, we had renowned sex columnist Dan Savage on the show. And guess what? Big surprise... There was a lot that we discussed that we could not air. Yeah. But we could not keep this amazing content away from you, dear listeners. No. So here it is the director's cut, if you will, recorded live at the Castro Theater in San Francisco. But be warned, this interview is completely not safe for work, like beyond not safe for work. Don't even listen to it within a five mile radius of your workplace. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR and WNYC's Hour of Trivia, Puzzles, and Word Games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and I'm delighted to welcome our next guest, author, creator of the It Gets Better campaign and legendary sex columnist, Dan Savage. Dan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Pleasure. <laughs> Pleasure. So I'm a straight, married, monogamous woman living in a major city.
0: I don't give advice for free.
1: <laughs> no, don't worry.
0: I am a professional <laughs> advice totally columnist. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Just try but, to stick with the theme of pay me.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I got to get on that theme. Uh, but no, I say that too because I, I love when I listen to your show that when people call up and they're like, I'm a heterosexual, straight, monogamous, blah, 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 they almost apologize for being some Yeah, the tables vanilla. have
0: turned. The tables
1: have turned. Well, it's he... the
0: vanilla missionary position marital heterosexual norms who feel just like freaks, and they are. Because <laughs> when you ask people what normal sex is, they say missionary position opposite sex within the bounds of matrimony open to contraception. And that actually, statistically, is freakishly rare. <laughs> that is not normative sex. Normal is what happens near this theater on any given Saturday night. <laughs>
1: So do we, do we just get rid of the word normal? Is yeah, we did. Dead? Well,
0: no, we accept there is, there is a norm, and variance is the norm. Difference mm. in human sexuality is actually the norm. That is the baseline. If you're not normal, congratulations, you're normal. If you are Rick Santorum, you're a freak. <laughs> if you are Brian Brown, if you are Tony Perkins, something wrong with you. <laughs>
1: I mean, and this is this reversal that we're talking about. I mean, I remember... It's not a
0: reversal. It's a perversal. Or it's 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 people finally telling the truth. And I actually think, you know, here we are at the Castro. Here we are at really the, the epicenter, the ground zero of the HIV AIDS epidemic, the worst of it hit San Francisco and it really forced culturally a conversation not about what we all agreed everybody ought to be doing in bed, but a conversation about what we were actually doing because suddenly the stakes were life and death and in that conversation it came out that this oppressive idea of normal that really warped and damaged people's sex lives was an idea and not a reality and it freed people. That convers- It was a too terrible a price to pay for that freedom but that conversation was really important to de-establishing the the oppression of normal, the tyranny of normal.
1: Right, so it it did take actually something life-threatening to be able to bring out the conversation. I mean, you've been doing this for over 20 years. I remember reading in my little Canadian newspapers, the Georgia Strait or the Vox or where I was living in Canada. And, you know, it was exciting. It was very edgy. But over 20 years, God, the questions are they the same? Are they different? They're really. I've been writing
0: Savage Love for almost 25 years. I'm giving sex advice to the children of people who were childless when they were reading my column, (laughs) which is scary. Um, And the questions have changed a lot because 25 years ago there was no Google and there was no Wiki page, and I would get questions like, "What's a butt plug? What's a cock ring? Um, How do I get a fist in my butt?" And all of those things have wiki pages now. Right. Which is sad for me because those were easy columns to write. The questions now are all situational ethics. I did this crazy thing or someone did this and now I feel that and they feel that. And who's right, who's wrong? We need you to issue a ruling. And that's hard. That like how do you a butt plug, it's shaped like a lava lamp, it goes in your butt, it doesn't fall out. That's an easy column. <laughs> that I don't get to write anymore. It's, they're all hard now. So,
1: as the column progressed and you as a sex and relationship advice giver has continued through time, have you had to become more political? Like, did you, you didn't start off being political. Oh, uh, the co- actually, the column was always political. It was always political. And I would
0: always get pushback on that because I would start writing about politics, I'd write about choice, I'd write about Uh, access to contraception. I'd write about HIV AIDS. I'd write about queer youth years ago. And, you know, I'd take on politicians, and I would always get these angry letters from conservatives who like my column when I'm not pummeling them. (laughs) And they would say, stick to sex. I don't come to your column for politics. And my response was always, when American politicians leave sex alone, I will leave American politicians alone. But they don't, and they can't. So I think if you're a sex writer or a sex columnist and you're not talking about politics, you're an irresponsible sex writer, and you're not doing your job.
1: Maybe you could when people are just like, "Hey, what's a butt plug?" and you're like, "Here it is," and it's it's not. What's so- a butt
0: plug? This is what a butt plug is. Please vote Democrat. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> we, we're having a butt plug fundraiser. That's right.
0: It's time for Hillary and a butt plug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not a bad idea. It's never not, not a the bad right idea. time, right? So what what background do you have to have? What kind of schooling do you have to uh, become a sex and relationship? The
0: only qualification you need to give someone your advice is that idiot was fool enough to ask you for it. (laughs) Um, When you look at, like Ann Landers, I have no qualifications. I'm just a kicky Midwestern gal with a lot of opinions. Um, You look up advice in the dictionary, it says opinion about what could or should be done. And the only qualification you need to share your opinion is somebody asked you for it. Yep. That's my qualification. And if people, you know, after all these years, if people thought my advice was crappy, they wouldn't ask me for my advice. Oh, They'd go, oh, we're going to ask Prudy.
1: So in the, in the very beginning, when you were uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. And you were working at a video store. I was. <laughs> Which is amazing already. <laughs> so Paint such a picture. Uh, and a friend was putting, uh, you pitched the, the column to a friend. Accidentally.
0: Uh, Tim Kack was one of the co-founders of The Onion. He is one of the two guys who invented writing complete bullshit in the AP style. That was Tim. <laughs> And he and his friend Chris sold The Onion and Tim moved to, well, was moving to Seattle to start, The Stranger, and I met him and he was telling me about it and I said, oh, you should have an advice column because everybody reads those. You see that Q&A format, you gotta read it. And he said, excellent advice, write the advice column. And I wasn't angling for the gig, which is obvious if you read the first year's worth of columns. I didn't know what I was doing. I put the clitoris in the wrong place. (laughs) Because I didn't need to know, and this was before Google, I couldn't just instantly find out where the clitoris was, and
1: I wasn't going to ask a lady. (laughs) And if you asked a guy, you still wouldn't get the correct answer. (laughs) True! True. I have nothing to add. You're absolutely right. Yeah, no, I listen to your, yeah. I thought it was a joy
0: buzzer at the top of the vaginal canal. (laughs) Who knew?
1: We all wish it was, trust me. (laughs) I assume that you get variations on the same ten questions or something. Yeah. But every once in a while, there's got to be ones that surprise you. Yeah. I mean, one that I, I will try to summarize it that I remember, it's quite old, was about a, uh, a young guy who witnessed his grandmother who was religious and conservative and alone, and she had a parakeet, and she had figured out how to have a closer bond with her parakeet.
0: She hadn't figured out how to have a closer bond, just the parakeet really liked to be petted in a certain spot. Yeah. And the parakeet sort of trained grandma to pet him there. And then grandma was like, and then it's weird. His tummy spits. So grandma and the parakeet were doing it. And I think the letter writer wanted to know if he should say something to grandma. And I was like, no, too bad it didn't happen now. I was like, no, that's a Vine video. That's what You need to Instagram that. Say nothing. Press record.
1: Yeah. Do you want? What do you want, followers or that's, no followers?
0: Think of the funeral that's coming. She's a grandma. There's going to be a funeral one day. What better video to kick it all off, <laughs> to, like, cheer everybody up? I'm Irish Catholic. We're dark people. So we're how, always thinking about the funeral and what we're going to have to need, what we'll need there. <laughs> what
1: the funeral is going to be like. So how often are you, do you get a little uh, surprise gem like that?
0: Uh, frequently. I get oh. tons of mail. The most disturbing... <laughs> This is very traumatic, I'm gonna share my pain with you. (laughs) I was writing the column for 25 years, so it used to be all handwritten letters, right? And I would get these letters once a week. Dan, I have this sore on my genitals, my anus, my labia, my penis. It looks like this. This is when it started. This flowery, endless description of the sore on the genitals. And then I'm too embarrassed to go to a doctor. Always, I'm too embarrassed to go to a doctor. What is it? And I would run these letters every once in a while to remind people I'm not a doctor. I can't print the column in penicillin this week for you to stuff in your panties. You still have to go to the doctor. Even if I knew what it was, and I don't. I don't get those letters anymore with the flowery descriptions of the sores because of digital photographs. (laughs) So people who are too embarrassed to go to the... They still say that. I'm too embarrassed to go to the doctor. What is this? But not too embarrassed to bend over in your dorm room in front of a mirror and take a photograph and send it to me through an unsecured server... (laughs) And I read, I fly a lot, I talk a lot at colleges, and they bring me into undue abstinence education in two hours, which is my superpower. (laughs) And I'll be sometimes, like, it doesn't happen often enough that I'm always sort of braced for it, reading the email, like, with one hand over the screen. So I'll be dinking through email, and up will pop a huge picture of a labio or a penis with a sore on it. One time in an airplane, this woman, (laughs) sitting next to this woman, like, dinking through the email. And, you know, that's when the computer freezes and the little ball starts to go... (laughs) And I was, like, trying to get it to stop, and she screamed and said, he's looking at pornography. As the steward or the flight attendant came, and I was like, nobody masturbates to that. <laughs> like, I get letters from a lot of sickos, but that's an appetite suppressant. <laughs> that is not porn. And they made me put my laptop away for the rest of the that flight. Was it. So as not to traumatize the grandma with the parakeet sitting next <laughs> to me. That's
1: right. You've uh, been talking to people about their sex life, etc., for 20 years. If you were to sort of predict, like the next five, your hope for the
0: future—is
1: it getting better? Is it getting better?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my hope for the future is uh, our first um, female head of state. I would like it to be Elizabeth Warren personally, but I will settle for Hillary. I'm always in despair about my country, uh, because I really want things like uh, marriage equality and a a woman's right to control her own body to be settled matters. And it just feels like because of, uh, you know, Canada got the French, and Australia got the convicts, and we got the Puritans. And we will ne- these will never be settled matters, because people's rights to control their own bodies, to enjoy their own bodies, and use their own bodies, and use them up, uh, is always going to be contested here.
1: One of the most recent uh, love casts that I was listening to, there was a lot of people talking about that they couldn't get off, or it was problematic, and one at a time, it was like a theme that you didn't realize. You were just like, try oh, some edibles, smoke some pot, get high. You, you get high. Is that, is that the number one aphrodisiac that you prescribe?
0: Uh, people have inhibitions, and pot's a really great disinhibitor without making you aggro. Uh, you can smoke a little pot. I wish I had a little pot to smoke right now. Um, you can smoke a little pot and still be uh, conscious of your partner and uh, able to read their physical and verbal cues around consent. And alcohol uh, sometimes has a pro- You know, sometimes alcohol... Disables you and makes it harder for you to read those things or communicate those things So I'm sort of I have a pro-pot bias pot can be very freeing and it can make sex very sort of joyful and giggly for people who are All bound up and I and I know from not that being all bound up during sex is necessarily a problem (laughs) Uh, I know from uh, Just talking to many 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 women who were you know having problems masturbating there's so much crap heaped up on women About their bodies and about their own right to masturbate. I mean, look at boys arrive at partnered sex at, you know, 18, 20, having masturbated for five or eight, sometimes 10 years. They are experts on their dicks when they get to partnered sex. And too many women arrived at partnered sex without ever having masturbated. And they're like, look at this 19 year old boy, and they're like, all right, go ahead, make me come. And you need to be an expert on your own. And so for all the crap that like, inhibits women about touching themselves and enjoying themselves and feeling like their bodies are theirs to enjoy, pot can be just this magic sort of silver bullet that just disables all of that cultural baggage and allows a woman to come. And I, I don't know why I'm so invested in women coming. There's nothing in it for me.
1: <laughs> at all. Well, we're nice. You are, and I want you all to be happy. I want you all to
0: have all the orgasms you need over there. I like... (laughs) (laughs) Away from me.
1: I don't know if you still find yourself needing love, sex, relationship advice. I do. You do? Who do you go
0: to? My mother, who is dead, and she does not visit me. (laughs) Or try to kiss me. I wish she did.
1: But your mom was was a good advice. She was a good advice giver. that's where you get it from, perhaps.
0: My mother was the sort of Dr. Phil for her neighborhood. She was the woman that all these ladies in the neighborhood came to uh, in the 60s and 70s for these coffee clutches and she would give them advice. And I was the little faggy uh, gay boy who stayed at home and baked cakes (laughs) with my mother. So I would be there and I would hear it all. And then my mother would say, and of course, now you get paid to do what I as a woman did for free and isn't that the way the world works? (laughs) And then I would say, Anne Landers made a lot more money than I did doing this, so stuff it, Mom. And then we would <laughs> laugh, and she'd tell me to be monogamous, and I'd say, ha ha, no. <laughs> but I would sometimes, I would, tell, I would talk to her, and she would give me advice, and she was a great advice giver. She was very insightful and empathetic, um, and very supportive of the choices you would make even if she disagreed with them, which right. was a, an important skill that I do not share with my mother.
1: That is not true. That is not true. You always, I when you give so. advice, you're super open. You're always saying like, and if you're into that, that's fine. And if you're into that, that's fine. You just got to so make sure you're not
0: harming anyone. Right. Can you know? Sometimes people say to me, "You're the anything goes guys. You're the libertine," and I'm not. If you read my column, I'm often telling people, "That's the price of admission. You have to pay, or you're not going to be able to do that." And you, that's not okay. Like I have to come down from the, you know, I have to give these rulings. Like you did wrong. My favorite letters are the, I call them the unscrewable pooch. Like you screwed that pooch. There's no unscrewing that pooch. <laughs> that pooch is screwed on you so tight. I need C4 and a time machine and a crowbar to get that off you.
1: Right, so, you're like, just you have to accept that your decisions,
0: yes, and you have to be, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you in a sex contest. <laughs>
1: exactly. The exactly.
0: golden rule applies when your pants are off, as well.
1: <laughs> of doing that's some
0: Jesus y shit right uh, there. I know, on that's NPR.
1: Right. <laughs> okay, Dan, we have concocted the perfect game for you. Are you ready for your uh, ask me another challenge? Yes, I am. Okay. For more from Dan Savage, plus Bradford and Alex Borstein, check out our entire San Francisco episode at npr.org slash askmeanother and subscribe to our podcast wherever you go for podcasts.